value providers and clearly define what is it that your company does or your product does to get the next state. And the next state could be having them go on a product tour, right? A, a, a live product tour. It could be them going to a demo. It could be them signing up for a newsletter, right? The next step depends on what the content is, whether it's a landing page, a event, so on and so forth. But the point is give them enough to get interested, to get to the next stage, but don't overwhelm them because at the end of the day, consumers never want to know as much as you know. Welcome to Unmiss your go-to digital marketing hub. I'm Anatoly Ulatovsky, here with expert tips and exclusive chats to boost your online game. Let's get started. Hello, good people. Welcome to our show. Hello, bad people. Welcome. Today we are going to discuss more about product marketing, how you can get great results, how you can sell your products it's not about marketing it's more about how many sales you can get because i see when companies chase volume uh, likes comments other engagement but everything needs to sell you need to get sales in the end i don't care if i get a million traffic but i care if i get a lot of sales by having this traffic i'm so excited to discuss a lot more with jonathan pipek how are you Good, how are you, Anatoly? Yeah, doing Thanks great. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, big pleasure. I want to learn more. For me, it's very important to learn, to update what I have. I have experience uh, in this niche, but I found we need to adapt whatever happens to new technologies, to uh, other things that we have every single day. And uh, if something works today, it doesn't mean that you can get great results tomorrow. So I'm looking forward to learn more. Uh, Jonathan, before we start, just tell more about your self-experience, background, about your business and anything that can help our listeners to learn more about you. Sure. Happy to be here and thanks so much for having me. Um, so I've worked in B2B product marketing for the last 10 plus years uh, in a really variety of different industries and um, company sizes. So everything from, you know, Fortune 500 HR tech company, mid-size insurance company, um, you know, so on and so forth. And I started Blue Manta Consulting as a go-to-market consultancy that really helps B2B SaaS startups and SMBs accelerate their growth. So really committed to helping those in the B2B SaaS space grow and um, accelerate product adoption, uh, launch new products, and really refine who and why they're targeting. Mm -hmm. Nice, nice. Jonathan, can you tell uh the beginning of any cooperation if you cooperate with uh, different clients uh, can you tell how to start the great cooperation because marketing takes time it's not like uh, to get overnight success and it doesn't matter what kind of marketing paid marketing or organic reach it takes time to achieve results you need to craft the right strategy you need to create great content you need to market so can you tell what you do first second and your checklist of great cooperation yeah for sure so i mean i think the first thing you do is start with who, who are you targeting right um i think there's a classic marketing saying of you know if you're everything to everyone then you're nothing right so you want to really avoid the trap of of doing that and figuring out who is my product or who is my company specifically targeting um, that's the first place you start because that lets you unlock everything else that comes after it. So if you decide, hey, I'm specifically targeting, you know, uh, consumers in this category or specifically targeting businesses in this category. Okay, well, now it's a lot easier to go ahead and do a deep dive on those customers. 
you know, re do that customer research that's so vital to understanding who is your ideal customer profile, your ICP, who are the personas you're, you're targeting. So maybe you say, you know what, I'm targeting um, small businesses in the US that have under $100 million in revenue. Okay, that's great, that's helpful, but who are the specific people you're gonna be talking to? Are you gonna be talking to the CEOs? Are you gonna be talking to the VPs of marketing? Are you gonna be talking to the director of sales? So on and so forth. So really understanding who your personas are and getting to know your audience. So doing like one-on-one -on -one research with them, but also listening to sales calls, um, creating customer advisory boards to start to get to know your customers on a deeper level. Um, if you're in a bigger space where there are analysts, talking to analysts to get an understanding of the industry. So it really all starts with, with that audience understanding and getting to know what pain points you're solving for them and how you can help them succeed in their roles. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, I love it. I agree. But I usually start from learning uh, products first. Let me explain why. Uh, for example, um, once I got uh, a payment to help online games uh, to achieve new level. Mm -hmm. So uh, basically what I did, I started to play this game. <laughs> I, I, you know, for me, it's important to feel on my skin, you know, uh, uh, the experience of products because I can understand much better customers uh, or users who can play these games. So, uh, and I remember when I got uh, this payment, 16K uh, to analyze, to create the right strategy and my son uh, phoned me that I'm playing on these games and asked what's going on. He told me I need to read books, but <laughs> I replied, you know, uh, someone paid me money to play these games. What? You got payment? Nobody pays me, but uh, <laughs> I have much better experience than you playing online games. So, and um, I think it's great to understand products uh, first, uh, for me uh, personally. And uh, um, I remember when uh, I got uh, payments for uh, helping trading, investing websites. So I started mm -hmm. to trade. I, I even uh, win money in the first day. Uh, I, I got like uh, 5K in the first day. In the second day, I lost 16K and got it. No, 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 oh, no. Man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I can't learn like this. I, I don't recommend to anyone to learn like this. Uh, but I got the feeling of uh, winning and losing money you know so uh, i know both sides uh, in trading uh, uh, anyway you can play with uh, demo accounts um, uh, without paying any money to understand how it works so uh, for me it's important to learn products C can you tell how you learn products i mean like to understand uh, why users customers can use these products yeah so just to go back one second so in the scenario i gave you don't have a product right so if you don't have a product at all you, you have to start with customer research to define what yeah. product you're going to build if you already have a product of course you should either know that if you work at the company and if you're a consultant you need to learn the product um learn the company objectives so on and so forth and then dive into the customer research um but yeah to, to learn the product if you're an external consultant or you're just joining the company. There's a lot of different ways. Uh, the first one is just to use it. So if you can, if you have access to a demo account uh, that you can actually use, that's the best way. Um, some some companies have um, LMS courses like e-learnings that you can take. Um, I like to talk to the sales engineer or sales team and try to get uh, training that way. If there's an education team, they usually have like a documentation site. Um, sometimes they have live webinars, so I join those. And I really like to join onboarding calls with customers. 
So I, I see literally what they're doing, right? If they're sharing their screen and someone is walking them through the onboarding, uh, that way you can actually see what is the onboarding experience like? What are the customers excited to use? What are the customers not so interested in? It really gives you insight into the product. Um, so I think between all those different, you know, use cases, whether it's, you know, formal product training through an LMS, learning from a sales engineer, demoing the product and using the product yourself, and then joining onboarding calls, that's when you really um, uh, get to learn the product. And obviously, of course, um, customer success uh, calls as well. Mm -hmm. And uh, can you tell how to cooperate with salespeople? Because marketers depend on data from salespeople. If we speak about existing products, uh, salespeople can share uh, so valuable assets, uh, I don't know, to give fuel how to craft the right strategy. But according to data, salespeople distrust marketers. <laughs> I don't remember exactly the number, but most of salespeople distrust marketers because I don't know many things, uh, why uh, things like this, but uh, um, I think uh, marketing takes time. Uh, it's not like to get uh, fast results, but, and salespeople need to sell today or probably tomorrow. Uh, and uh, it's tough to explain how to craft these marketing campaigns without experience. So I, I love to cooperate uh, with salespeople who have experience with marketing so we can understand each other much better. So I even recommend to salespeople to spend time in marketing and marketers to spend time in salespeople. And for me, the best marketers have experience with sales. Uh, if they have this experience, uh, we can uh, find uh, the right word. So uh, can you tell how to improve trust? Uh, for example, if you help specific company to achieve results and you can see this, this trust level. So what do you usually do on that way? <laughs> yes, I mean, uh, <laughs> the, the relation between sales and marketing is always um, something that you need to focus on, whether you're a product marketer, whether you're you know, the, the founder of a business or whether you're a consultant. Um, the key there is really starting to build relationships before you need anything before you you know it's kind of like the give before you take um for a few reasons one you want to build a good relationship just generally but beyond that there's insights that work that go both ways it's a two-way street so if you start building let's say a sales advisory council right where you have your top sales reps um your top account managers your top customer success managers um you put them in this group and you give them the opportunity to give you feedback on positioning, messaging, pricing, packaging, sales collateral, sales training, et cetera. And they become part of the process. You do two things. One, like you mentioned, there's going to be some people that already know how marketing works, right? And maybe that's 10%, 20%, even 50% of the group. But the rest of the folks aren't going to be intimately familiar with marketing. And what these kind of sales advisor groups give you is they give you the opportunity to um, not just involve the sales team early, but also explain to them the value of what you do and why product marketing or, or marketing if you're not a product marketer is so valuable and so important. It also makes everything you create as a product marketer 10 times better because you have feedback from the people who are going to use it. And then third, once you're launching, let's say this new product or launching this new pricing or launching this new piece of sales collateral, the best part is when you can have the sales reps that were in the sales advisory council do the actual training for the rest of the sales team. So now it's not, hey, you know, Jonathan, the product marketer is going to teach you this. It's, hey, you know, Sarah, the sales rep, who's, by the way, number one in the entire company is training the sales team. So now they listen because they 
they understand that, hey, if this worked for Sarah and she's number one in the company, it probably makes sense for me to adopt it as a sales rep. So I think it all comes down to um, building those relationships early, establishing something like a sales advisory council. It doesn't even have to be formal. It could be something where um, you just have two to three sales reps and you you know, just go to for opinions, for advice before you launch things, you bring them in early, you ask for their opinion, um, you give them access to information, you include them in strategic high level meetings and conversations that no other sales rep is part of. And you start building those relationships, getting their feedback on things, providing your feedback on things. Um, and it really creates a better experience for everyone involved. So I typically find that sales reps really, really enjoy that. Yeah, nice, nice. So salespeople, if you listen to this podcast, trust marketers you know <laughs> because your sales depends on marketers uh, it's tough to create the right strategy uh, marketers will use only generic data nothing special uh, each product is different it's important to craft the strategy to find the right way and uh, uh jonathan uh, let's talk about um, choosing the right data i mean like um, for example you get data but for uh, creating the right uh, landing page or i don't know uh, or your proposal presentation you need to uh, submit data that is very important for customers and i see when uh, uh, companies create uh, hard content i mean like uh, it's tough to understand uh, from this content uh, what it's important for customers and uh, it might confuse more than help and simplicity is key for example if i open apple uh, i don't see features about new iphone i see a nice looking picture or photo of this iphone uh, i can uh, see only uh, data i mean like uh, difference between uh, no gigabyte um, color something like this but nothing special if i i uh, click more uh, uh, i can find more information about that so uh, can you tell how to choose the right data that we need to show i mean like how to simplify experience of consuming products yeah and just to clarify are you talking about some, like in something like a sales page or are you talking about in the product itself uh i mean like uh how to find data that we need to show for customers that it's important for them i mean like uh if customers um i don't know if they want to know uh the color or they need to know i don't know uh, anything like that uh, but if you add more data than they need or uh, some data that customers don't need at all uh, you might confuse to find the right data and uh, for me simplicity is one of the most important elements with personalization when you personalize experience and provide data that customers need but if you share for example i remember this great quote from steve jobs when he uh, presented new uh, ipod he didn't uh, say anything that this ipod uh, has like uh, 10 gigabyte of memory he shared uh 10, songs in one pocket you know very simple right. message nothing special but uh i often see when someone can provide a lot of information in landing page or presentations it might confuse uh most users customers are not advanced and far away from that uh, if i remember correctly like 87 percent of customers are not advanced and uh, for example if you ask me to check any product uh, and I have no experience with this product. Uh, I'm not looking for getting all this information. I'm looking for something that's important for me. So can you tell how to find 
this data that we need to share in the first screen. Yeah, so it all comes back to customer research and using mm -hmm. that customer research to create positioning messaging that works for your company. So, you know, you've spent the time to talk to your customers, to talk to sales reps, to join sales calls. Um, you know, ideally, if you're at a startup, you're looking at usually five to seven um, customers that you want to do one hour interviews with and really understand their pain points, understand if they're current customers, why do they use the product? What value do they get out of it? How would they describe it in their own words? Um, you know, what, what do they consider competitors, so on and so forth, right? You do that kind of entry level, like very standard, very elemental kind of customer research first, you supplement that with, um, joining sales calls, joining uh, customer success calls, and you really start to use the words that customers are using to describe your own product. So what that ends up doing, what that ends up, uh, creating is a wealth of insights and, and content that you can use to develop really, really strong positioning that answers what's the unique value that your startup or your company is bringing? How does that set you apart from the competition? Um, not only what value do you deliver, but how do you deliver it uniquely, right? And it's, it's a strategic kind of exercise where you're figuring out what is your company's place in the marketplace and ultimately like how do you want your product or your company to be perceived so you start with that and that's kind of this high level um exercise it's a strategic exercise what kind of um company you want to be how you want to be perceived and then you, you you transition to messaging which is kind of one layer down it's more um more focused it's more um, tangible and you're figuring out like how do i actually um, explain this value. How do I, if I want to occupy this specific part of my consumer's mind, that's great, but how do I get there? What are the words I use to, to get there? And that's where that customer research comes in really handy, where ideally you're using the words that your own customers have used to describe your product. Um, and that positioning, that messaging serves as kind of the framework or the backbone for the rest of your marketing efforts and the rest of ideally your sales efforts. So you're coming to the market with one unified voice that's really focused on the biggest value and the major value delivered to your customers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, nice, nice. Jonathan, uh, uh, help us to find the balance between Apple and Amazon. For example, uh, I mentioned uh, in if I open apple.com, uh, I can see very simple content, nothing special, uh, mm -hmm. just uh, the most important information if I open Amazon, I have another experience because I can find almost everything in one specific page. Product reviews, ratings, uh, description, pictures, videos, almost everything that I need. I don't need to open any pages. And uh, it's important to find the, the balance between Apple. Uh, probably Apple doesn't need to convince customers. Uh, everyone knows this brand because of strength, Bruno recognition. Uh, many other resources can provide this information that Amazon lists in one specific page. And Amazon sells a billion products different uh, from different companies. So anyway, we need to find the balance. Uh, I mean, like with this very simple content and content that provides almost everything, uh, how to do it, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think the important thing to know is, you know, 99% chance that your company is not Amazon or Apple, right? So it's, it's hard to say, oh, I want to be like Apple. It's like, okay, well, 
do you have billions in sales? If not, you know, it's, it's not a super relevant example. Same with Amazon. But I think to your point, you need to find a, a somewhere in the middle where you're very clearly identifying what your product does, what your company does, how you deliver value in a way that resonates because Apple, like you said, everyone knows Apple. So it's not, it's, you're not, when someone goes to the Apple website or to the Apple store, they're not in a place where they're convincing you to buy their product. It's really you either already decided to buy the product or you're deciding which product to buy. Maybe you buy this model versus that model, this color versus that color, you know, this amount of memory versus that amount of memory. So it's a different conversation versus if you're a company that your target audience either doesn't know or is just learning about, you're in a different in a different space completely. So again, to your point, like you want to keep things simple, you don't want to overwhelm them with information, but you need to give them enough information to want to learn more. So I, I think about it, you know, a good analogy in my mind is dating, right? On your first date, you're not explaining your entire life history. You're not explaining like every nuance of your background, of your experiences, of every single thing you've done in your life. You're kind of giving a high level overview that gets them interested enough and shows them enough of your personality where you can go to the second date. It's the same thing with your landing page or your website. You're really trying to identify and, 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 and highlight the key value providers and clearly define what is it that your company does or your product does to get the next date. And the next date could be having them go on a product tour, right? A, a, a live product tour. It could be them going to a demo. It could be them signing up for a newsletter, right? The next step depends on what the content is, whether it's a landing page, a event, so on and so forth. But the point is give them enough to get interested, to get to the next stage, but don't overwhelm them because at the end of the day, consumers never want to know as much as you know. Mm -hmm. uh, Jonathan, let's talk about choosing uh, the right marketing channel because digital marketing is huge. Uh, many different channels, paid marketing, organic reach, and um, I found when uh, companies um, replicate competitors, and I often get this request, please steal their traffic, <laughs> steal their, their sales, use uh, these <laughs> channels, and um, it's the same if you someone uh, will ask me, please compete with Mr. Beast. I can't compete with Mr. Beast. So probably today, if I spend so much time, energy can become mad like Mr. Beast, uh, anything is possible. In this life, you can achieve anything, but it takes time. It's not like you can do it for a few days overnight. Uh, it takes years, years, um, probably decades mm -hmm. you know, to compete with big influencers. But anyway, we can find our way. And I see when companies uh, replicate competitors instead of considering own strong sides. For example, if you are good with writing, why you need to film videos if you are good with writing? You can write. If you uh, think you can film great videos, then do it. Uh, even if you can't, but you are passionate about that, you can go ahead to achieve results in some time, uh, to craft your skills, to uh, provide something better than your competitors. So uh, can you tell how you, uh, advise your customers to choose the right channel and why uh, when you uh, choose such channels uh, how you can stand out from the rest I mean like to using these channels yeah so I think the first thing is again going back to your customer research and understanding asking them what channels they use because mm -hmm. to your point maybe I'm great at video and I create you know 5,000 YouTube videos but my customers don't even use YouTube yeah. They're on TikTok. And then it's like, okay, well, I just wasted all this time created, creating long-form YouTube content when I should have been creating 30-second you know, TikTok content. So 
the first thing is understanding where do your customers live? And the easiest way to do that is obviously to ask them, right? Just customer research. Um, so you start there. Understand that helps you define what channels to go to, right? Do you go to LinkedIn? Do you go to TikTok? Do you go to Instagram? Do you go to, you know, AdWords? Um, so on and so forth. But the second part is how do you stand out to your point? Because most likely you're competing with thousands and thousands of different competitors in most industries, if not millions. So a few different things you can do to stand out. One is occupy a very specific niche. So if you say, you know, hey, I help you with advertising, you're going to have millions of competitors that do advertising, whether they're agencies, whether it's players like Google or Bing um, or Facebook, et cetera. But if you say, hey, I do advertising specifically for gym owners, specifically for gym owners in the state of Illinois, specifically for gym owners in the state of Illinois that are not chains, now you're very, very specific, very, very niche. And it's much easier to have a voice and stand out when your customers search for you. So the first thing is niching down and, and being really specific on what you're offering. Um, the second thing is being creative. Uh, there's we, We've seen so many different creative um, uh, campaigns and advertising, not just in B2C, but in B2B as well. And that's the difference that makes the difference, right? If you if you can stand out in a creative way, there's a, um, a B2B advertising agency, I'm blanking on their name right now, but they created a, a video advertising their services, which ironically is advertising, uh, but it was in the, in the form of um, uh, like a uh, possession, right? Like it was a little kid that was possessed that acted like a B2B marketer and the parents were horrified. They brought in an exorcist, it was the whole thing. And that really stood out. If they would have filmed a boring commercial that said, oh, we're a B2B advertising agency. We can help you, you know, get your product in front of your B2B customers. That's not going to be memorable. But the fact that they did something so out of the box and, you know, you're seeing a kid that's possessed talking about B2B marketing and like scribbling B2B marketing terms. And, you know, that made a big impact. And I'm going to remember that for years. So I think it's it's finding ways to be creative in a way that you think will resonate with your customer and then just experimenting, seeing what works, what doesn't. Uh, but those are really kind of the, the the key things you can do there. Yeah, testing, experiment. Uh, I think it's very important in marketing, especially if you want to become creative, you can create a viral video from the first attempt uh, and it takes time. Um, and you remind me um, a great story about uh, Lloyd Richards. He published a book um, uh, 11 years ago that was interesting about this story that he spent um, 14 years to write this book 14 years it's a lot so wow. more than a decade just to write a single book then he couldn't sell this book he tried sales marketing anything but he couldn't sell then his daughter posted content on tiktok from account with zero followers this video became viral and uh, plus 50 million people watched this video including wow. me of course, I watched this video. <laughs> I want to know why, how to win 50 million views. And uh, that was interesting about this video. It's not nice looking design, but that was creative, as you mentioned, to become creative. And um, uh, this video provokes curiosity. And uh, it's less than a minute. But uh, on this video, I, uh, you can get this curiosity. I want to read this book. Uh, if offer can spend like... 14 years to write this book it's probably valuable interesting i need to read this book uh, and um, I, I think creativity is part of marketing if you uh, replicate competitors if you do the same and i for example i often ask my friends about 
new movie. The most common reply, nothing special. I watch the same movies, uh, but if you stand out from the rest, provide unique experience, you can win uh, customers, you can win users. And Jonathan, can you tell how to become creative uh, from your experience, how to stand out from the rest and <laughs> to be creative? <laughs> I mean, if there was a if there was a formula, you know, I, I would be selling it. Uh, it's it's hard. There's no like there's no you know one size fits all equation. Um, the best creative ideas that you know me or my team have been able to come up with have come from brainstorming, from trying anything, from experimenting, from listening to customers. It's something like getting 15 people in a room from different parts yeah. of the company, right? It's not just marketing, it's not just sales. It, maybe it's an engineer, maybe it's a product person, maybe it's a finance person. And just saying like, hey, what if we did this? What if we did that? Um, and just brainstorming and spending time thinking about the wackiest, craziest ideas. Um, if you work in B2B, looking at B2C, because B2C typically has, in my experience anyway, has more unique or more creative ideas. Um, looking at movies, looking at pop culture, um, you know, talking to your customers, asking them what they're interested in. Um, for for one, of my, um, one of the companies I worked at was in the IT space. And unfortunately we never did this campaign, but an idea I had is I kept talking to these customers and they, it was very clear that they were um, very into video games, right? So one of the ideas I had for, again, top of funnel, you know, more lead generation than anything, uh, more awareness than anything, was why don't we host a video, like a video game tournament, like a Call of Duty video tournament or something, and have, you know, these different companies compete against each other. And every week we do like a highlight reel, like ESPN, like highlights of, you know, the best, um, the best, uh, you know, parts of the game or parts of the tournament that week. And then at, at the end of the month, we, you know, say, oh, this is the winner. And we do it maybe once a year or twice a year. And it's always this tournament that gets bigger and bigger every year, more and more people associated with your brand and your company. And because we were a cybersecurity vendor, it made sense, Call of Duty, security um, kind of um, alignment. Again, we didn't end up doing it, but figuring out what your customers are interested in what your company stands for and finding in between and brainstorming and getting them as many people involved is really kind of the the key yeah i agree it's not common to win 50 million views uh, uh no. to become, <laughs> yeah to become a bestseller on amazon um it uh, and i agree you need to test you need to practice it, it happens um uh, it happens when people win lottery so if you win 50 million views it happens but it's not common it's far away from uh, common stuff and uh, um, the best way to become uh, to get uh, this viral content to create this viral content just to test to experiment different formats uh, and to fail I, I fail a lot and for example when i decided to start pr uh, and the main reason because we paid six thousand dollars for one press release to uh, write press release to pitch this press release then we decided to save this money because we needed 12 press releases a week it's a lot of money 72k so uh, and uh, i decided to write myself i wrote a bunch of press releases i pitched all of them got zero results zero mentions <laughs> nothing <laughs> but I learned. I learned how it works and then we uh, uh, explained to our specialists who write for our blog 
uh, and most of them uh, publish on Forbes, uh, Investopedia, big websites. And uh, we explain, okay, look at, you know how to write blog posts, but we need to uh, create press releases uh, considering format for journalists. I mean, like to bring something new, valuable about trending topics, to share your expert opinion. Uh, well, then uh, we failed again many times, uh, probably three months without any results. Uh, and after three months of crafting, texting, experiment, we got first mentions, first results. And uh, after six months, we, we got mentions on CNN, Bloomberg, Business Insider, uh, Investing.com, Coindesk, uh, wow. MSN, Yahoo Finance, big websites. Because of failing, we, we started with failure, complete failure. We didn't give up, just uh, crafted format. And how you can, um, uh, I don't know, provide something new without experience, without testing, without experiments, because you compete against many others who have decades of experience. Uh, and uh, if you want to compete with them, you need to provide uh, something that journalists uh, want to publish to share with their audience. And it takes time. And today we save plus $3 million a year for this specific project wow. uh, and a lot of money uh, and great results. Uh, it's the same with any marketing campaign. You need to uh, fail to learn how it works. Uh, Jonathan, can you tell about failing that we can avoid? For example, okay, it's part of the marketing to experiment, to test, to fail, uh, to learn, to go ahead. Uh, but uh, some mistakes we can avoid by learning before doing. So can you list these mistakes that you see companies still do in your experience? Yeah, uh, the biggest one is um, not target, like not deciding who your target audience is, mm -hmm. right? So saying, oh, I'm going to sell, you know, I don't know, a product A to, to anyone who wants it. And that makes it impossible to do anything, right? Because you can't figure out your positioning, you can't figure out your pricing, you can't figure out what channels to use, so on and so forth. So that's part one. Um, the second one is, and, and a lot of um, founders make this mistake, is they focus on like the very intricate nuances of their product and they focus on where they think value is, but their understanding or, or perception of value is very different than the customer's. So they're selling, you know, a water bottle and they're explaining, oh, it's amazing because um, it can hold 24 ounces. And the real reason it's amazing is because it keeps your drink cold for 24 hours, right? Silly example, but the point being like, if you don't understand the actual value you provide, you're not going to market it well. So getting true understanding of what you provide and what value you provide. Um, the third one that's super common, I mean, this, this happens at probably... 90% plus of companies is, especially in the startup and SMB world, you end up creating a product for the right audience. You create position messaging that works. And then when your sales team goes and sells it, they sell it completely differently depending who the sales rep is. So what you end up in, with is a very disjointed message to the market where you know a quarter of your customers are getting this message, a quarter of your customers are getting that message, and the rest are getting this message. And it's just a very confusing experience for everyone. So again, doing that sales training that we mentioned, having those uh, that sales advisory council with those sales reps that are really in your corner and pulling for you, um, and having that alignment from the get-go is is really critical. Um, and then the last one, which again happens all the time, is you get everything right. So I mean, you're you've targeted this audience, you've nailed the position, you've nailed the messaging, your sales team is on fire. 
everything's fantastic and you get the customer and then they churn. So you've gotten all these customers. Like you said, you've done, you know, your analogy was like, I don't care about 50 million views. I care about the sales, right? Yeah. It's the same thing here. It's like, I don't care that I signed 50 million customers if they all leave next week. Like it does, it literally doesn't matter. So the other problem is not focusing on what happens post-sale. So creating that smooth, buttery experience for those customers, uh, making sure you're actually delivering on what you promised. If you said your water bottle would keep their um, drink cold for 24 hours, it better do that. Um, and yeah. by the way, it better be easy to use so they so those customers can realize that value. So getting those customers to value, getting them to use the product, um, delivering what you said you were going to deliver, that's another key place. Because if not, you just have a leaky bucket and it doesn't matter how much you fill it. It's just going to empty out again. So those yeah. are, I think, are the big ones. Nice, nice. Yeah, I agree. Because uh, retaining customers longer costs five times less than uh, finding new customers. New customers. Yep. Yeah. And marketing can help bad products. So if your products can't retain customers, that means marketing can help <laughs> or uh, I don't know, save your products. <laughs> you need to develop high quality products better than competitors have. It's only one reason why you can have loyal customers and i like this quote if you wanna loyalty buy a dog you know because <laughs> <laughs> but customers it, it, it's not true that customers can be loyal to one specific brand i like apple i love apple i have apple watch i have iphone um, macbook a lot of products but because apple can provide better experience than android other brands if I get better experience with Samsung, Dell, uh, I don't know, any other products, I will take these products. Uh, Apple can win me because of quality. So um, if other brands will do, I will change. Uh, and loyalty works only with great products. Of course, customers are lazy. It takes time to find other products, uh, but uh, if competitors can provide a much better products, then 100% uh, people will change to these products. Um, Jonathan, I, I I still have a lot of questions, <laughs> but uh, I recommend uh, to follow you on social media to keep learning to update skills that we have. Uh, and uh, I follow because I need to update what I have. Uh, uh, I still, um, I want to ask two questions uh, about, um, about your experience um, and i i know it it's it's important to make your hands dirty if you wanna get great results and uh, my loving approach to try myself if i start anything new in my company i try myself i fail all the time without any exception i i can't uh, win results get results from the first attempt i can write a uh, hundred bad copies to film a hundred bad videos uh, but i can hone my skills to craft, to find the way where to go. And I think it's important for any projects. Uh, for example, uh, I usually get great results with customers who understand what I do. If they understand, then we can achieve great results. If they don't, I tell them, learn the basic. YouTube, Google, you have many places where you can learn. Podcasts, just learn understand how it works. Then we can go ahead. So I want to ask you, if you started today from scratch, without any experience, knowledge, skills. It's your first day in product marketing, in marketing. So what will you do if you need to learn everything from scratch? So the first thing I would do is join a company where my manager has product marketing in the title. Mm -hmm. 
So that's the first thing I do. So if I'm a product marketer, I want to work for, you know, let's say I'm an associate or a coordinator level. I want to work for either a manager, senior manager, director that has done product marketing for years. Because the easiest and fastest way to learn is from someone else who can guide you through it, who can give you stretch assignments, who can give you, you know, opportunities to shine and learn with their guidance, with their experience, with their knowledge. So that's the first thing I would do. Um, beyond that is, is join industry groups. So Product Marketing Alliance is probably the most common one. Um, Sharebird is another good one. And really try to learn um, from these other um, practitioners that have more experience, that have done this for a while. Um, that's probably the second thing I'd do. Uh, the third thing is look into certifications, um, whether it's you know Product Marketing Alliance, Pragmatic, et cetera. Um, and then the fourth thing is when you're at the company, right? So if something that's free is, like you mentioned, learn the product, right? Go spend time with the product team, go spend time with the sales engineers, um, demo, use the product yourself, really get ingrained in how the product works. Then assuming the company already has product marketers and they've already worked on the website, go, go look at the website. How do we present the company? Um, what are the different taglines we use? What are the headers? Um, what are the key areas of values that we highlight? Um, talk to your manager and get all the internal uh, strategic documents. So position and messaging documents, um, annual planning, um, you know, persona, ICP, um, you know, win loss analysis, et cetera. Any of these critical kind of strategic, um, uh, both documents and also data that you can use to get a better understanding of who you're targeting, why you're targeting them, what channels you're using, what value you're delivering and how your product helps them. Um, when you have all those different pieces there, now you suddenly have a much more uh, sophisticated approach to how you do anything in product marketing because you understand why you're doing it. Um, and then beyond that, I mean, there's a bunch of templates online that can help you kind of get started. Let's say you're creating a sales, uh, sales one page or something like that. Um, the tough part is not the execution in terms of like creating a piece of collateral. The tough part is the strategic thinking that goes behind how you create it and why you're creating it and what part of the sales process it, process it helps. So like you mentioned, like if you have a sales background, that's huge because now you understand what is the what is your customer or your prospect really experiencing? Um, how do they interact with your sales team? How do they interact with your product, your website? Where do they go and research your product? Um, and then the same thing on the customer success side, right? Okay, they've come on board, they've onboarded, that's fantastic, but how do they use their product? Where do they get value? What do they want to see more of? How does your product need to evolve? So if you start there and get a really strong understanding of those key components, you're going to establish a really strong foundation that will let you grow quickly. Yeah, nice, nice. Love it, love it. And my final question about the future. Um, you know, <laughs> many things are coming fast. Digital marketing is a quickly changing world. For example, Apple is going to launch augmented reality, this headset. We'll see how it works. Uh, and uh, uh, by the way, you, you can even buy today this headset. So uh, I'm going to check it. Uh, um, we have AI today. We have uh, many things. And uh, but I see human are the same. I mean, technologies are changing, but people are the same. They wanna satisfy their intent to uh, decide uh, their problems. Um, uh, many things. Uh, I want to ask you about the future. How you can see this future? Take your crystal ball. Let us know <laughs> what kind of future will be in product marketing and how we can adapt to this possible future. Yeah, so I, it's a great question. I mean, there's a lot of different tangents we could take, but I think the the one that's most obvious, at least to me, is the AI one. 
right? So if you think about artificial intelligence, I think the, the focus right now is on kind of uh, very specific situations. So, oh, it can help me, you know, write this one page or it can help me create a blog. It can help me create images. It can help me like with very unique kind of one-off things. And I think what's going to happen in the next five, 10 years, and it's already happening, is it's not going to be, hey, AI helped me create this one thing. It's going to be, hey, AI helped me create this entire company because they wrote, they coded the website for me. They wrote the copy for me. They chose the images. Um, they built the product, right? They actually coded the product. Um, they wrote all the emails that I'm using for outreach. They recommended what CRM to use. They walked me through how to onboard, how to actually implement the CRM. They connected all the pieces. They recommended what channels to use to reach my customers, um, how much I should pay, et cetera. Like it's literally going to be company in a box via AI. So what's going to become really, really critical is how do you stand out from this sea, this ocean of competition, right? Because if it's all AI generated, that means the barrier to entry is very low. You could have a few hundred dollars or a few thousand dollars, excuse me, and start your own company. So now the crowd, the space that had 15 competitors or 500 competitors now has 5,000. Yeah. So the question becomes, how do you stand out? Kind of to your earlier question, how do you stand out from this competition? How do you stand out from this 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 sea of sameness? Um, and I think that's going to become more and more critical over the next you know five ten years. Um, and the answer to me is, you know, very very good fundamentals in terms of product marketing, but also creativity and finding a way to to stand out from the noise and you know be the red balloon in a sea of gray. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more. I think, uh, uh, for example, uh, marketers on TV and radio didn't lose their jobs. They adapted to digital. So uh, we, if you have experience with digital marketing today, uh, for uh, it doesn't matter what kind of marketing, SEO, paid marketing, social media, you can uh, adapt to any other channel by having this experience. You can uh, beat others with this experience. So uh, whatever future will bring, I don't know. Uh, before Terminators will kill all human beings, we have time to cooperate <laughs> with Storm. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, and uh, today it's important to have experience. And I, I remember when Gary Vee replied to the question, uh, someone asked him about TikTok. If US will ban TikTok, do we need to uh, create TikTok accounts and promote? And he replied, of course you need. Because you can have experience, you can acquire experience and switch attention to other uh, social media accounts, to other platforms. So uh, if uh, augmented reality, okay, jump to augmented reality. Uh, but having experience, it's simple than uh, trying from scratch, you know, without any experience. You can beat experts in one specific niche who can adapt fast. And in marketing, we need to do it. We need to adapt to go always. ahead to update what we have always. Jonathan, it's a big pleasure to get in my show to learn from you. I love this experience. So valuable. You know how to share valuable insights. Tell the best way how to keep learning from you, how to reach out to you, how to follow you. Uh, LinkedIn is the best place for sure. I post there pretty regularly. Okay, nice guys. You can find the LinkedIn to LinkedIn account in the description below. Listen us on Apple, Google, Spotify. Thanks again for your time. Love it. So valuable. I I follow you.
guys, it's a big mistake if you uh, don't follow Jonathan Pipek because you can see a lot of valuable insights. Okay, guys, love you. See you. Thanks for tuning in to Unmiss. Enjoyed the show? Drop us a review on your favorite platform and help us spread the digital marketing wisdom. See you next episode.